16. 16. 16. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we actually have a topic today. We do. We we've came, we've we been, came, came prepared. Yeah, well, we've, we've been wanting to talk about this for a long time, but it didn't feel right because we it was that we didn't finish it. So it's a book. It's about a book. A book. Called Letting Go by David Hawkins. It has Ellie little flash of cover right here. And uh, we read a lot of books. I, re I read a lot of books. I've also read a lot of books. <laughs> no, I'm not like, I'm not saying it is a, some sort of <laughs> self bomb No, I've read more. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is on the journey of spiritual. Yes. I'm, or, or at least trying to understand what the heck is happening. That's what I meant to. Yeah. So I've read a lot of. Maybe that we should clarify that. Spiritual and or self-help books. Yeah. Not not because that's a, a, a checkbox. Like, oh, look, I'm the type of person who reads the books. No, yeah, no, I'm not saying that for that reason. I, I, when I, I say it, I mean it in that, and most of them didn't help very much. Well, I mean, I got something out of each one of them. But I wouldn't say nothing was as revolutionary as this particular one. Yeah, I would agree. And so I figured, you know, I don't think we'll be doing an episode on any book, not even my book. Maybe we should do an episode on my book. Hmm. Self, self pimp myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one is probably worth a read. I agree. There are a handful of books that that I've read that are that I would <laughs> get Elliot's stamp of approval. <laughs> worth a read. <laughs> does my book? Does my book get a stamp of Who approval? Gets the stamp of approval. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I, I say mine. You know. But I mean, e Eckhart Tolle's book. I like that one too. The Power of Now. Mm -hmm. Yes, good book. Um, I like Michael Singer's book. I haven't read that one, but that you was read, you read one. Mm -mm, you not, didn't. You I read didn't read that one. Oh no! Oh, you only read one, right? I only read one. The one with the cover, the horse on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. What is that called? Untethered. Untethered. No wait. Unbridled. Untethered. No. Here it is. <laughs> yeah no I so I haven't read that one but I figure I should I like, I like that one too and he Michael Singer has that meditation retreat that we just drove by uh, in Florida oh oh yeah yeah we drove by and it, it's not anything fancy did you see it I there was only one thing starred in Florida when we were driving through Florida and I'm like what is this thing starred oh, and where? it's right off the interstate oh yeah yeah oh and in his and wait wait not Michael Singer Somebody who I read, the Michael Singer, or somebody who we read. I thought you read that book. Oh, maybe I did read this book. Did I read the book? I know you talked to me about it, and we talked a lot during our cacao sessions. Anyway, that's not the book we're talking about right now. But maybe if I do read the book or remember reading the book, we can talk about that book as well. I have, there have been books that I've started and maybe made it halfway through, maybe even read the whole thing, and I don't remember reading it, and I read it again. You read it and, again, and then you get something out of it. And then I'm like, oh, I kind of remember some of this, but yeah, yeah. There's been a book like that. I mean, I read my book at least seven, eight times now. Yeah. I mean. In, in the, in the what, it was a year and a half that it's been published? Yeah. It was a year and a half? And it's, I, I cannot remember any of it. Yeah. And I wrote it. Yeah. I remember like the gists, like there's, there's the. The metaphorical stories that they inserted about like the bee 
um, and the flower, and then then there's the the, the present girl. of life, the girl. Um, the wait, those are the two stories. I think that might be the two stories that they have in there. And then remember my my narrative, like the narrative that I have in the beginning of transitioning into the channeling process. You know, just because that's me. Do you remember the chakra chapter? Oh my gosh. I remember. <laughs> Everyone has has a part of their project that they're like, ah, and the part of it is like, mm. well, no, I it is what it was. An introduction was supposed to come from me, right? Yeah. Like the chakra introduction of the the human interpretation of it. That was supposed to come from me. But that sucked. Uh, but then very quickly just went into the channeled. It was like yeah. it was like what they wanted the chakra summary to be, but it was more of like human interpretation. So I wonder if the reason why I think that section of my book sucks is because because there was there was humanoid interpretation of something as a as a rudimentary thing, and and then I thought that was the right way to do it. I still think it's right the way to do it. Like I. I did not have permission to change the book. Yeah. No, I remember. Yeah. A lot I, of people, I, I really wanted to change the book, at least, you know, grammatically and, and things like that. Yeah. And I think most of the people who channel the book out, well, one, I think a lot of people go through an editor. Yeah. And, and then an editor's the editor. Be very, very adamant about. Yeah. Like you, I think you almost lose to, control with an editor. To a certain. Yeah. Tradition, you know, language traditions. Yeah. And with me, you know, I'm a foreign speaker writing a book in English. So I'm sure that comes through. Not not because it is Russian inserted in there, just because of the mere nature. Two, it is no way how I speak. Right. That was that was what was interesting, is that it has this uh, almost biblical type of... Uh, I don't know, vibes the right word. Phrasing. Phrasing. It's yeah. it's written very however the Bible's written, it's written like that. Yeah. And a lot of channeled stuff all has that same type of it's not normal normal speech. No. No. And when I write now when I when I channel now, I can I can like almost sense the pattern. And you know, it's been a while since I channeled that book. Was it two years since I channeled that book? But there's a wave that comes through it. Like the way they write is a waveform. I say wave thinking of a notion, but no, it's, it's an energetic waveform. So there's like, there's this a folding effect, a toroidal fold on itself. You know how the wave folds on itself? But then it's still an energetic propagation, but it's in these like swooping wave-like notions. That is what the book is. Yeah. And so the book has this wave format. Yeah. No, I can feel that. And so now when I write, because I know that is the way they they propagate information, it's it's like it's easier for me to to accept it. It's easier for me to receive it in this waveform. And I almost yeah. feel myself like going like this whenever I channel. Not like a rocking in the ocean, but not just energetically. Energetically, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then how I can tell that the chapters end, like the waveform kind of slows and then it starts back up. Yeah. So it's interesting. 
But anyway, I, um, so the letting go. Letting go. Oh, she is here. Yes. Oh, yes. Hi. Then we don't need to talk about the book. Let's just talk about me and the preciousness that I am. Daddy, what is this? This is not appropriate. There's a hole in your lap. The purring will be in the, the video. The purring might be. Might be <laughs> I won't be able to edit the purring. That I also like this microphone. And your buttons. <laughs> Should let's you just, get a blanket let's in your Let's go see. Let's just go see. 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 All right, Leakies. I know. Who has eye leakies? I wonder if we should continue giving her medicine for it or not. I mean, because that's just our sniffles, right? Eye leakies would be. I think sometimes whenever they have their eye infection mm-hmm. and it's not remedied in a certain amount of time, they just continue to have it. Maybe. Remember, uh, our other cat, Ozzy, had it. Like his eyes would always leak and we had to clean them. I don't know. Maybe somebody listening can suggest something. We don't, we don't have a solution for that yet. So I, I, whenever I get my books, they usually come in some sort of interesting way, interesting way, I guess. And not, not all, but, but, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm entirely too intuitive the next book. And in this case, I finished the book and I think I was giving it, uh, uh, an instruction not to read for a long time. So I spend, which is not like me at all. Like me not reading is really difficult. Yeah. Uh, like usually that is how a pastime is just reading. And so there for a while, I think it was like at least three months, if not six months, I wasn't reading. And I'm trying to remember if that was the book, you know, n- no, I wasn't reading. And then I got permission to read. I was like, I got super excited. And then I started the Yogananda's book. And that was a bike book. That's a thick book. Yeah, I don't know how thick it is because I read it on Kindle on it's my phone. Dig- digitally thick. Digitally thick. And so it took me a long, long time. And then afterwards, I was done and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for something. I need, I need something, right? And I remember energetically, we, we were plowing through our pain body releasing stuff, like just hard and heavy in it. I think it was really a difficult time that we were going through. And we do a meditation by, who, what's his name? Harish. Oh. Harish, um, Harish something. But I think that is his, even not his real name, but that is what he goes by. He's on Gaia a lot, but he has his own teachings too. Link, Link in the show notes. Yeah. And we do a meditation and he basically kind of just, walks through the process of just letting your emotions flow. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, I just thought that was, you know, what's the bee's knees or what? what, what yeah, the bee's knees. The bee's knees. I don't know what the bee's knees actually means, but. Well, there's six of them. Those bees have six knees. Oh, what, why is that? Why is that expression important? I have, I have no idea. How does it even derive? <laughs> right. Okay. So there's that. There's bees knees. And so it rhymes, so it must be good. <laughs> and so, and I just think, oh my gosh, this is great. And then next thing I know, I do my channeled recordings. And I'm I'm whenever I make the cover, well, you know, the recording is channeled, obviously. Uh, and that's the short ones, not us talking on the uh 
podcast, but like the the short 10 or 20 minute things that I record and I post on Saturdays. Uh, and I did a re- channel recordings and I'm editing the video and then I'm being drawn to have one of them in this cover of a, of a, like a Buddhist monk. Uh, like I'm being drawn to this image and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the cover for one of my videos. Maybe later we'll flash it right here. And, and so I don't think anything of it. And I think it's called, that video is called Devotion or, or I don't remember what that video is called, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, Buddhist monk type of a cover. And so then we sit down to watch a show on Gaia. On Gaia. And th- there's a cover on Gaia that's being suggested that is very similar to, to this cover that I just did for my channel book. Right. So this is how kind of like synchronicities guide you. Right. Maybe this is the story of synchronicities guide you to begin with. And I'm like, oh, wait, I just. I was just guided into that image and I connected with that image and I did that as my cover. And look, here's this cover. And I think the show is called Quantum. I remember what show it was. Hi. Is that, um, is that the way to get it quant- Quantum effects, maybe, is what it's called. But you will flash it here. Um, and the, the show is about, you know, who's, the, who's even the guy who's show by? He's very, he's very spiritually oh, advanced. Oh, right, 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 right. I remember. No, no, we're not going to be on the same chair. We can't be on the same chair. I know the kitty cats aren't too fond of each other yet. I say yet. I'm not sure Jay will ever be fond of anybody. Um, what's his? Do you? You're, I don't remember I don't his name. Really anyway, so there's that. We don't remember that either. And then he, and the, in his show, he talks about all these abstract quantum effects that are, in fact, our conscious like expansion of consciousness, but from a very um, higher higher plane view, right? And then he, in this show, he mentions the author, David Hawkins, and... Flashes the book. And flashes this book. He flashes two books, because David Hawkins has two books that are very powerful. Uh, it, was, it was like, is, is the power of love his or not? Or is it somebody else? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so he flashes this book, and then I I get guided into reading the the letting go one, which yep. is the second book, and it's just perfect. It's just absolutely perfect. It's a great book. It is it is one of the few life changing books. Yeah, and like everything that the book says, I I was already trying to practice, but it kind of like. It just solidifies it. It solidifies it or maybe puts um, a very simple spin on it. Yeah. No, it's it's extremely simple. You could boil it you could boil it down to like five pages if you really wanted to. Yes. Yes. And it lines up perfectly with what Harish was saying in that meditation that we did. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is literally it. And this all happens within like a week span of time between me finding Harish suggestion, me channeling the video, making the cover, seeing the cover. On the show on Gaia, listening to Gaia, and then me getting this book. So it's just, you know, the spirit will guide you in the most um, beautiful way. I say spirit, but you know, whatever. And so. And so. The book is about basically letting go. 
It's a well-titled book. <laughs> um, and letting go is uh, like letting go of, of negative things, negative emotions that you've been holding on to, whether consciously or, or unconsciously in your life. There, um, the, I mean, the process is simple. You know, you uh, may not be easy, but it is simple. You uh, sit there and, you know, you let some negative emotion come up. You know, you might be angry about something. You might be upset or afraid or, uh, you know, jealous or what, whatever. In any of these, you know, negative emotions, they, you know, and you let it and you feel it. You feel it. You don't even necessarily think about it. Yeah, you just allow fact, it to be you. don't think about it. Because thinking about it is going to put, put labels on it and put words on it and assign judgments and everything to it. You feel it. And you don't judge yourself for feeling it. You're like, oh, I've, you know, it, it's, I know I've done this. It's, it's a very easy tendency to, uh, you know, I'm angry at, at, at Bob over there. But then I'm like, oh, well, I feel guilty about being angry because, you know, I shouldn't be angry or something. So then there's these layers on top of it. So there's, yes, there's the anger over whatever Bob did. And then there's the guilt on top of that. And, you know, maybe there's this shame. There's all these, you know, they all pile on. And you just, but the anger sometimes is not even Bob-related anger. It's like, oh, Bob did something that reminded me of something else that yeah. somebody else did. Yeah, yeah. And so that anger is multi-layered. Oh, yeah. It gets it gets deep. Mm-hmm. And anger is usually just a response to fear. You know, if you're angry that Bob stole your cup, you know, I don't know. I'm holding Especially heck a cow in it. Right? I'd be angry. Yeah, I'd be too. <laughs> but you know, the the anger is, you know, is is really a response to fear of of losing things or fear of not having something, probably. Um anyway, you you sit there and you let it come up. You don't think about it, but you feel it. And through feeling it But don't think about it, you, you don't don't judge it. Logic yeah, or logic. Don't it. logic it out. Yeah. Don't go, well, you know, it's okay because you know, no, 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 there's none of that. It, this is an emotional process, not a not a logical process. Mm-hmm. It, as it comes up, it will run its course. It will come up and and expire. Um, later in the book, he says, you know, let it come up, feel it, feel it, feel it, and then think of something else. And then consciously direct your attention to something positive. Oh yeah, yeah. That was in the Q and A at the end, which is what I I just read like last night. Okay. Um. And they're like, why? Isn't that the same thing as, as suppressing it? And they're like, no, it's, it's uh, suppressing, or maybe it was repressing, I forget. Suppressing. I think it was repressing. I don't know, there's, there's a difference, and I forget. Oh, I, I don't know, repressing. Um, but that's an un- unconscious uh, behavior. And this is, you know, no, you're letting it come up, you're teaching your body that it's, it's, it's okay to feel these things. That's, that's, you know, kind of the overarching theme is it is okay for these things to to feel these things, don't don't fight them. Mm-hmm. As humans, we have this tendency to um, fight these negative emotions. We don't want to feel these negative emotions, and so we bottle them up and we suppress them and we repress them and we contain them. But they, but all that does is just keep them bottled up. They ne- mm-hmm. they're never allowed to escape. You you never let them go, and so you end up as a you know. 40-something-year-old person like me with a lifetime's worth of negative emotions all inside mm-hmm. that are still there. It's not like, oh, you know, I, you know, 
you know, Billy took my bike back when I was 10 years old and I'm still, you know, it's not like you're, you, you aren't necessarily consciously aware of that, but it is still inside, which, which I, I 100% agree with. Stuck. It's stuck. It's the stuck energy. And as you start letting go of, you know, these, the surface emotions that are obvious, that are very, you know, front of mind, uh, conscious to you, you know, that either, or, or maybe both, let makes room for the the more buried ones to to come up, or they they lead into each other in the same way that you know Bob stealing something Bob stealing my cup re- reminds me of or is the same energetic signature of Billy stealing my bike, mm-hmm. and so you end up with the you know this the signature of oh here's all the things that have been stolen from me over my life and I ha- and here's all the anger I have um to them and maybe you know. Maybe there's some some pattern, and the pattern could just be one person, and it could be you know, oh, well, Bob stole it, and 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 Bob happens to be whatever ethnicity Bob is, so I don't like those people anymore, or you know, Bob's a man and Bob did this, so I you know I, I don't like I don't like men anymore, or I don't like women, or you know, this this is how all kinds of uh, racism and 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 things get well, we get tend started to, too. Yeah, we tend to take our pain. And then because it hurts so much, we like boil it down to the lowest factor of. Yeah. And, uh, and then that, project it back out to, to some, some, yeah, some easy target. Yeah. But, but it's like, but the, to the, the lowest, lowest common denominator, like, oh, why, why am I angry at this person? And it's not because this particular individual being did this to me. It's like, oh, guess what? You, you, All of the people you, you of this them sort. Up. You yeah. group, group them together into, you know. Yeah. He talks about, in the book, to begin with, in his previous book, he spends most of the time talking about this chart of energetic flow. And he assigns um, um, a numerical scale of vibra- vibratory frequency to each type of em- emotion, right? Yeah, and we can, we can show that chart too. Yeah, and so, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, so, he, and he has this, chart in the negative and then the positive and in the middle is the um acceptance is that what it is what's in the middle i wanted to look it up um okay um okay yeah so the the bottom ones so the lowest vibration is shame and then so i'm going up in that scale then guilt apathy grief fear desire anger pride and and so which he calls the survival emotions, right? And then right after pride is is the flip into what he says is basically kind of like empowerment, where you start to be more empowered. Um, and it goes into courage, neutrality, neutrality. Neutrality, that was it. Uh, but the courage is two hundred. He said at two hundred, you're no longer in a negative vibratory state, and you actually kind of reach some sort of positive baseline. Um, and so when you reach the courage, then you go into neutrality, willingness, acceptance, reason. And then after reason, you go into the spiritual paradigm emotions, which is what he calls. And it's love, joy, peace. And then the highest one is enlightenment. Now, this is his scale. You know, I don't I don't think anybody used to agree, disagree with that. But it, emotionally wise, you know, we can all know how to feel most of those. Yeah. And you know, I I certainly know how all those bottom ones feel. Yeah, and maybe some some of the ones 
above that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So as, as you do this process, you know, I start releasing the lower emotions. Yeah. Um, the the it, ones below 200. Yeah. It makes room for the, the higher ones. The higher ones are in you already. They are in everybody already. Mm -hmm. But you're basically, you're basically holding back. You're basically holding back your own potential by holding on to these negative things. Yeah, and in in the previous um, podcast, and then you and I have had discussions since then. The way I see it is, you know, you you are at the point of your pure pure essence. Let's say that vibrational frequency of enlightenment that is you, right? And he says that at he puts it at between a 700 and a 1,000 range, right? And, you know, whatever's at the bottom of that name first was 20, right? So this is a scale of a 1,000. He said, I don't know if he said this, but I, I know, you know, through, through my, you know, general knowledge and, and channeling that you are at your enlightenment state at all times on the higher vibratory frequency of you. But most of the time, we cognitively basically Dip layer down. up ourselves. Yeah. And then the word that I have been given recently is static. We static ourselves away from being able to recognize that frequency of 700 to 1,000. And then depending on where you are on your scale of self, you know, you're, you're anywhere between zero and then, you know, obviously not 700 if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, well, you know, I'm, on one hand, it's kind of obvious. Well, nobody wants to feel guilt and shame and, and anger and fear and all those things, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, we do. And uh, we even hold on to them, you know. You'll, you'll hold on to that anger uh, at Bob for stealing your cup um, because you get something out of it. And it's like, what do, you, what do you get out of that? Well, you get this, like, satisfaction of, like, well, you know, I'm angry at him, and I have this moral moral high ground. You get you get you get something out of it, something intangible. And uh, <laughs> at some point, he said that you know the the reason we hang on to most of these negative things is because we have this illusion that by hanging on to it, it will somehow change something, affect the other person, maybe cause them to change. Which which of course is baloney, right? I can have all the anger I want toward toward somebody, and that that's not doing anything to them. It's only doing bad stuff to me. Yeah, no, I disagree with that though. I don't think that's the only reason we do it. Maybe oh, that's no, I don't think he said it's the only reason. Yeah, I think yeah. he said that's one of the one yeah of the big one of ones. the reasons. You can relate to that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I could never relate to that. I don't. I don't think me holding on to stuff was ever because of someone else, and it was like a moral high ground or me trying to. With me, it was always pain body, like. I I might be angry at them, but what I'm not recognizing is the wounded child within me that is actually hurt about, you know, being taken advantage of or or being um, you know, unseen or being Yeah. Well, it, I mean, that might be they might be they it might be the same thing. I don't know. You mean what well, maybe it's but it's it's recognizing it from a a, a different a point deeper. Yeah. A deeper yeah. standpoint. So I, I always recognize, yeah, this is not about them. And I sometimes I even recognize that like currently I'm, you know, I was holding on to something just yesterday. 
that I'm like, oh, I'm just having a hard time getting over this. Um, but we have a, uh, it was just an interaction for work that, that I, right, right. that I had to deal with. Um, and I'm, and I, and I was like, yeah, I'm just, and Elliot like snartically point out that like, oh, I still, still not fuming let, over not that one. Go over that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that, that snark. Um, and I'm like, but I see it. I see myself. I meant, I meant that in a flirty way. No, it was not flirty. It was a total shot. Anytime you can take a shot on me and by letting go, not letting go of something, you're like, finally, I have something on her. There may be some truth to that. Uh, no, I know how you play. Um, and so, and so, yeah, no, but I saw that. I'm like, I'm just really having a hard time. I never said that to you. I'm like, I just, it's, I really, like, I acknowledge it. Yeah. No. But it, it was just rubbing the wrong way. Um, and, I'm trying to think. Last night I had a dream, and um, I had a dream um, about it was two dreams, but they were both back to back flip sides of them. And in the first dream, I am I'm doing something for someone, or I'm with someone, and I recognize that the conversation that I am able to have with them is, is um, very shallow, right? Like I, I am not able to have an honest conversation. Um, and, and you and I have been watching the True Detectives and, you know, and they are, they touch on, you know, one, not talking about it, suppression, right? Uh, and, and then two, you know, I see it as like, and I think we, we, oh my gosh. Can you see that? It's just the cutest. Um, and, and the conversation just being shallow, right? And then I thought, what is the point of speaking with someone? This isn't my dream. If the con, if I cannot have a conversation with them and two, if it's not honest, right? And so that was, that was a recognition that I had there, right? And then the second portion of the dream, so which is the second dream, was about you, and then, and then you you did something. I was angry at you, and then somebody else was trying to do something, and 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 I didn't want to do it, but I recognized that I was walking in this three dimensional plane, full of static, which is the word that you know, like usually I have a word that like gets thrown at me, and I'm stuck with it for like a month. And everything it kind of relates to that word. And so the word of the last week or so, or maybe two, is static. And I recognize, oh, the world is perceived through that lens. I perceive the world through that lens. Is There is the 700 to 1,000 range frequency in David Hawkins's explanation about enlightenment, right? The sense of enlightenment. And if everything else is static, then it would be very easy to identify the static. Yeah. Does that make sense? Am I am I relaying what what they were trying to say? I I think so. The way the way I I look at it is is that sometimes I'll be I'll I'll have some negative emotion that I'm you know it's I'm having a lot of trouble getting rid of, letting go of, and then I'm like. Oh my gosh, I am just stuck down here in what we can call the 3D. I just realize 
oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm just swimming down here. And, and it's because, you know, it's because I've chosen to be down here. Yeah, it's a, cho- it's a choice. It's a choice. And, you know, was it a deliberate, purposeful choice? M- maybe not. Maybe it was just a default choice because it's easier or, you know, you get something out of it. I, you know, I, I recognize that I do get something out of it. There's some satisfaction in, in, in holding these negative emotions. I, I can totally see that in myself. Um, but then it's like, once I realize that, once I'm like, oh my gosh, I am just, I'm just stuck down here. That's when I can go, but I can, I can rise above it and I can, you know, look at it. And then it becomes funny. It, it becomes, I, I literally laugh because it's like, look how, look at how silly I've what, been. What, I, I guess I don't understand. What is the satisfaction? Um, I don't know. It, it's like you get to play the victim sometimes. You get to play the victim or you get to like, well, at least I'm not, I'm not like that. Or, well, there's Is there some, satisfaction in, in victimhood? Um, in, in a, in a twisted way, there can be in a, uh, like, okay. oh, woe's me? Like, woe's yeah, me, Yeah, I mean, you, me? you get to feel sorry for yourself. Maybe you get to try to get some sympathy from from others. Maybe, uh, I mean, it, it can be manipulative. But I, I know that I totally see it, and I know I've done it. He, he, he lists off all kinds of things in the book about how, uh, how uh, you can get satisfaction out of the anger. You know, you can... In as much as you can use anger to to fuel you, to you know, make a positive change or to fuel you to do something negative. Yeah. No. I know. No. Yeah. So the book lists out all kinds of reasons of why we do this. Yeah. But I just couldn't relate to the, and, and maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not understanding with that within myself. Maybe I do have it, and I just don't understand it. Like that, I do have it. Like you know, it's still not transparent to me. Yeah. But to me, it is always. I guess I I receive I don't really receive much satisfaction in self pity or other people's pity. To me, it's appalling, like the opposite. Right, like the fact that if somebody feels sorry for me, based on my style of upbringing, th- that makes me nauseous. And so it's like the opposite of is that is that his own pain body? Maybe maybe his own pain body of like, right? Like, and no, you don't get to feel sorry for me. So yeah, maybe yeah. there's anger in in the fact that I'm in the position where someone could feel sorry for me. Yeah, you I know? don't know. I, no, I I I get that. I'm trying to think of a, but like, if if somebody wronged you, do you, I I know I have you know, almost like well you know, felt all you know high and mighty and holier than thou and you know moral high ground and stuff. And to what end? None, apparently. Yeah. But that's the thing, is that there's no, it doesn't actually do anything. It doesn't cause any action in the world. All it does is, you know, give yourself, you know, ulcers ulcers and high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, there's no good that comes from this. No. But, but we maintain this illusion that, that it does. That if I, if I stay angry at them and I don't forgive them and I, you know, whatever, that I'm, that be- will, I'm better than them. That, yeah, you get some satisfaction that well, I'm better than them, and there may be this illusion that in holding this, 
they will change. They will they will be punished. You know, I will continue to feel feel morally superior, whatever. You know, there's any number of of mm-hmm. ways it it could go. Yeah. No. I mean, I could see I'm better than them. I guess. Yeah. I can see how people. Would so feel there would be some sa- some satisfaction in feeling feeling better about yourself because well, I didn't steal the cup. I'm not the type of person who's. I'm not the type of person who does that. Okay. Yeah, I guess I can. Yeah. I can relate to that, but I see that e- with me, it goes to like in the particular case of the thing that I had a hard time letting go of yesterday. Um, it goes into the pain body of. I mean, I recognize it as a pain body, right? But it goes into the pain body of all the times in the past where somebody was just vicious or disrespectful or just straight out unapologetically rude. And I basically bent over and took one for the team, right? That's a crude turn there. But but that's that's I feel like my corporate career has basically been that, right? I like I had bosses literally say, oh, you know, put on your hooker boots and go stand on the side of the road and go sell shit, right? <laughs> So, so verbatim. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I think he used different words, but that it was it was that it was the hooker boots were, were the boots was used the hooker part wasn't in there. Stand, you know, stand on the side of whatever and go sell. That was yeah, like was it? What is that terrible movie that like uh, tried to epitomize the worstness of the sales team? I felt like my corporate uh, world was that. Glenn, uh, what, what are, no, Glenn oh, Gary, Glenn Gary, Glenn Gary, Gary, Gary Glenn Ross, right. When Alec Baldwin was like yelling at his, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I didn't see the whole movie, but I saw that part, and I was thinking, oh, that is that is my my experience in the corporate world, and and so that attitude from the corporate world was the reflection of my general state, just taking one, right, always taking one, and so now that I have a sense of self respect and sense of self worth, <laughs> you re- re- revolt against that. I, well, now, yeah, re- by revolt, I go, I don't have to subject myself to this type of behavior. Like, this is not something that one is kind or polite. I would never do this, but not from the moral high standpoint. This is just not kind, right? And so then what I do on to that is, then I go, well, what would the essence of me do? What, what right, I didn't, what, I did not do this for 40 years, but what would I want to do right now? Yeah. And it's basically just to separate myself from it. Right. And that because I'm not separating myself from it. Right. But there's this there's this balance, right? Like I used to separate to me used to be run. Yeah. Right. I used to do that. And I'm thinking also, how much is it running or how much is it just just stepping away? And I'm still trying to judge the two, right? So in your case, for the most part, you would go, oh, you know, this is just an interaction. Maybe it's not the nicest interaction, but what's the big deal? Just, just, you know, just continue to talk to this human being, right? And to me, it's like, oh, fuck no. Right. All, cut all, cut all communication, cut at, all. At the, at the first sign of, of it going south. Well, th- the first sign was the sign. It was a threat, Right. Yeah. The first the first interaction with yeah, this human true. being was a threat. In this particular one, it was a threat. It was a threat. And that's like you I don't know, and I don't okay, operate it, well. It's threats. like, okay, well, the relationship's over if there's a threat. Yeah. And so to me, a relationship over means I'm cutting ties. 
yeah. right? And so any kind of interaction post that, that like if I meet you and the first thing you do is threaten me, that, that this is just not an amicable relationship. I can, right? right? Like I will not ever get past this. And so it's not that I'm not forgiving this human being, but this is the, this is the relationship that this human being yeah. wants to have with me. And I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, no, if, if someone starts out, you know, super adversarial like that, it kind of shows you what, how they either want the relationship to go or expect the relationship to go. Yeah. And, you know, not to defend this person, but, you know, who knows? Well, no, I'm not if, taking is, it personally. Is it, you know, but they were, was... were they having a bad day? Is this, well, is it is it cold and calculating? And, and this is what we do. This is what I've done that has gotten results. Or, you know, I yeah. feel threatened in my job. So I need to, I need to come off, you know, strong and powerful and, and threatening in order to, that, yeah. in order to, either make myself feel or appear a certain way. Powerful, yeah. No, yeah. it's that. And I know it's that, right? Like I can I can see that that is where it's coming from. I can read right. the person. But, but at the same time, right. Yeah, but regardless of why you're doing this, right, Right. It, I almost see like there's this choice into what I assimilate myself with and then thus the frequency thereof. And I know I, this is like inserting the spirituality into it. I'm like, but, but, that behavior, right, there's twofold to it. Like I can see, I'm like, okay, this person is obviously hurt and they're obviously damaged and they feel disempowered and this is their way of trying to feel power and they feel like they're going to lose their job unless they perform a certain way, but they don't actually know what they're doing. So they're they're right. kind of trying to like threat me into right. telling them what is it they, they could do in order to make themselves seem better. Like I have had people do this to me all right. the time. Make me look good and I'll make you look good. Yeah, it was, it's basically that, right? right. Ex except in this case, it's not saying out loud. I have had people say this to me out loud, but in this case, instead of saying this out loud, they doing it through a threat. Like, right. oh, if you don't tell me exactly how you do this and how you're so successful at it, you know, I'm pulling all of my money off of you, right? Right. So- so yes, I see, I, I'm compassionate towards that situation. But, it, but at the same time, you don't, you know, you don't, you're not in a position where you have to be feeling the brunt of that all, all the time. You can choose, well, this is not something I want to continue doing. Yeah, right. And so part of me was evaluating, okay, well, how much of it is financially based? How much right. am I tied to the income that I'm receiving from this person? And I went, okay, it's not about the money. Right. It comes down to my own self-disrespect. Right. And that's the pain body that is hitting me. Me continue to socialize or have this person as my client under the established base of a relationship of them trying to have this power over me. Uh, so it's not a power fight, but it, that is what it is to them. And I'm like, I don't want to have a power fight. I, I'm not threatened. And I don't care about right. the monthly income that comes out of this. Right. I, it's like, yeah. And so to me... Which I understand is a very privileged thing to do, to be able to say, well, you know what? Screw this. I, I, I'm just going to walk away because I can. Because it's not going to break the bank if I do. Yeah. No, and I would you still know, like to... More money is better than less money. Yeah. I, but, would, I would still like to continue to have that client. Right. But but at the same time, it's like... And, you know, and, I, and then like my adult standpoint also goes, okay, well, this is this particular person in this company who's obviously struggling, but the client behind it is actually a good client. So I'm just, this, this happens to be this interaction with this person that is the, what my new forefront for this client is. Yeah, right. 
So I'm like, so, right. And so I don't know, like part of me struggles with like, well, do I suck it up and take it? But I'm like, but that's a wrong attitude because there's right. nothing to suck up here. Am I taking it too personally? And I think, yes, that, that right. there's part of that where right. I'm just taking it too personally. Where's the, where's the balance? Is it like half asleep? I think it's half asleep and it's trying to it's make it all, somewhere. It's all disheveled. <laughs> the way it walks is so funny. I think it's going to go on the mat to lay down to. Uh... It's probably cold and cool on the mat. Oh, maybe it's just gone potty. It's it laid down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's overheats and then it has to go to find like a cooler spot. It has so much fuzz. It's so adorable. Right. So wait, what was I saying? Take it, take it personally. Um, yeah, take it personally. Yeah, but I mean, I don't I have, know. I don't know where the... I think there's everybody has their own balance somewhere between just taking it and, you know, 100%, you know, screw you, walk away. And, you know, somewhere between or inclusive of here and here is everybody's own thing. But I don't know. I don't know where the right thing is for you. I don't even know where the right thing is for me. Yeah. No, but you and I have struggled with this all the time, right? Yeah. And you have always been on the... I will bend over and take it backwards yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I have been that way to some degree um, out of naiveness half the time, honestly, and, and yeah. but then out of fear too, right? And so after I left the corporate world, I started to change that mindset of like, well, heck no, I'm, yeah. I'm not, right? And so that was the disagreement uh, that you and I kept on having about the type of clients that we would take on is sooner or later, I stopped that mental self-abuse, I guess. And I said, okay, no, I'm sorry. I have self-respect and here's where my boundary is. Yeah. And with you, the boundary was further. Yeah. And so therefore, while we, I stopped taking on clients that would be disrespecting, disrespectful to me. And then you continue to do so. And so yeah. we had these, this range of clients were like, right. okay, here's Tanya's clients and they're a certain type. Yeah. And then here's Elliot and they're all. <laughs> yeah. What, what's interesting is that the the more respectful a client is of us and our services and our products and our abilities, the more that happens to be worth. The, the more m money that, that, that the client... Well, yeah, obviously. In, 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 yes. in general. There are probably yeah. exceptions, but... So, you know, just, just, just taking it, you're not going to get as much from yeah. that client than if, if it's a client who actually respects you and you respect them and it's a, a mutually respectful relationship. Yeah. Well, no. And the, the other part is if I'm taking on the client and I'm taking on the client, right. then the outcome that they're going to get from me whenever I do my output of what they're paying me for yeah. is going to be incredible. Yeah. But if I'm taking on the client and like right now, right, this relation, I'm noticing my, uh, my own self decency, decency go down to where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to do the bare minimum you pay me for. And I'm not going to go above and beyond anything at this point. Right. Right. And I'm noticing, I mean, and I, I, I feel like, like that's like a close hard concept right. that I don't like to function in, in right. my corporate world. Right. Like I, we, you and I, you know, I actually, we like what we do yeah. for the most part. Uh, and if we get treated right and we get paid. Yeah. But you know, that thing, I mean, think about the energy you bring to the interaction with someone who you like and you respect and respects you. Yeah. And they and they they value your 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 time and your skills and they're they they want to pay you for that because they know they're gonna get get a lot yeah. of value out of it. Yeah. Versus someone who's just, you know, bargain basement shopping and just wants, you know, 
you're you're a commodity to them and you're no different from from them or them or them and uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean you're going to you're going to be resentful of this relationship yeah you just would yeah and you're but gonna you're past, gonna cherish this relationship. Yeah, in the past, I would never even take those relationships on. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I could see myself not diving into it. And in this case, the reason why it's different is because this is an existing client that we have had for the last decade. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're bought out by someone else. And so then now the company managing them is that type of client that I wouldn't take on. Right. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And so now Or or at least the the one person that you happen to yeah, deal with. Yeah, know? yeah, one person I'm dealing with. You know, it's a giant company, so who even Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, right. So, and so that, that I'm right. The, my, my general approach to business would be, no, if it is not this open heart, trust flow, uh, amicable, you know, you respect me, I respect you. I do my best and, and you pay me for the work. Um, then I, then I wouldn't have that client. Right. But in this case, like it's going that direction. And I'm like, okay, well, this is the end of a relationship. Right. And I, it I, has ended already. I guess the best you can do, the best that one can do is, you know, don't just take it, but be be firm and, you know, set boundaries and, and stuff. And, yeah, and, that. I'm, but, but from the letting go it. standpoint, right? From that, that, yeah. that close, hard concept, right? No, as yeah. far as my vibratory frequency of 1,000 to 20, you know, I'm not even above 200. Yeah. Like, no, I, I notice myself d- deep dunk down yeah, 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 right yeah. yeah and so you know there's this greater understanding as when you start when you actively choose to participate in actions that are associated with that lower vibratory frequency that 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 propagate anger and fear and whatever one there's the due diligence on your end to just let go right and i have been letting go and letting go and letting go Maybe unsuccessfully in this case. I don't know. Uh, but then two, there, there's this broken broken relationship, right? Yeah. And then the question is, are you, am I responsible for repairing it, right? And then trying to somehow put it back together? Or do I walk away? Right. I mean, realistically... We both know where where this is going, and then yeah, no, future, it will go away. It will go away, right? No, but 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 in general, what is the responsibility of self if the situation that you're in is not positive? It is not vibrating right. both positive I mean, from one it, end to the other. Ima- imagine you know someone who's who's got a coworker or a boss yeah. that is that is you know disrespectful, or you know they just someone that you don't like for for whatever reason. Let's say let's say they're they're disrespectful or or something. It, you can't always, you can't necessarily pick your coworkers yeah. or your boss. Yeah. So in that case, it's, the you know, only boss thing is you even can worse do. because you know they have some sort of you know authority or power over you, and you know, yeah, they can they can say you're fired, and you you know it's, <laughs> it, it, you know it, you're at some position in the corporate structure, and there's you know eight people above you, any one of them can say you're fired. Yeah. But in this case, the best you can do in my case, right? I keep on letting go and letting go and letting go. But I notice it still hits that deep wounded disrespect trauma that is possibly deeper than, you know, obviously it's deeper than this one particular instance. But it's that that being being disrespected is still there. Yeah. 
So yeah. in that case, right, I'm having a hard time raising above and then processing out and letting go of this emotion of like what it means to be disrespected, right? Um, but then on the greater whole, besides that, I believe that if something is not aligned with me, that it just needs to go away. Right. It's like you don't want to, there are just things you don't want in your life because you they're not aligned with you. That's a great yeah. way to word it. Yeah. And in this case, this is no longer aligned. Yeah. So regardless of how much I will let go and let, or not let go of it or, or process it, on the general, I think I almost feel like there's this, there needs to be due diligence on my end to actively evaluate as hard as it might be, how, what I choose to stay engaged with and vibratory on itself where it fits on that scale, yeah. right? If this this whole situation is just so far below the neutrality, um, period, and there's nothing I can do, that there's almost like this, uh, not due diligence, but like responsibility on my end to, to remove that yeah. from the world. Or at least from your world. Well, but if I remove that from my world, it will be removed from the world. Right? I should not. I am responsible for propagation of that frequency. And if I'm having a hard time managing my own frequency and not take this frequency and not add on to that frequency, I'm propagating this experience yeah. for the world. This world is yeah. experiencing more of this vibratory frequency because I'm not separating myself on it. Yeah, I can see now, that. Now, the right thing to do would be to on my end, you know, grow up, learn to let go of it, and then start inserting the frequency of love into it, right? And actually yeah. change the situation from that. But if I'm struggling and having a hard time doing it, there's responsibility there. Yeah. I don't I don't think this is the case with uh this this your particular example here, but um one of the Q and A's theme of the book, it was like, you know, I've been really trying to to let go of this one particular issue and I just can't, you know. And uh and the uh the response was, you know, maybe it's just a karmic cycle that, you know, that is that is in your life. B bigger bigger than bigger than than, than this one, one incident. incident. Maybe this yeah. is the maybe look, is this a recurring theme that comes comes over and over and over and over? Well, for me it is. Right. It is that 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 feeling of disrespect um right the, the clients who will come, who I feel disrespectful with, I will not take on, right? Because deep down, I have this wound, open wound yeah. regarding disrespect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's that to process in general. Like, what does it mean for me to be disrespected? Um, but, but in the long run, it's like not having a self-worth. Yeah. But then how much do I overcompensate and swing the pendulum the that's, other that's, direction? That's the thing. Is that with so many... So many things I know. I know I do this. Is that you know for 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 so you know, imagine this is a, a scale, right? For so <laughs> for so many years, you know, you've been you know you've been disrespected. Let's say, and so in order to land back at balance, it, the, my tendency is to do this: is to completely overcompensate. Yeah. Aim for you know aim for two hundred. If if I'm down here at zero, I'm going to aim for two hundred in order to maybe land at one hundred. You're just learning. Yeah. You're learning the yeah, balance. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, you know. Yeah, you're learning the balance. But I, I know I do that. Yeah, no. With me, I, I'm trying to be cognitively aware of that. Like, okay, well, 
this strikes of like, okay, I just think this is a broken relationship and I'm not approaching it right. I could rise above it, right? And then just allow it to be what it is. Because yeah. I, I think- I mean, you're still perfect. I've, I've read your emails. They're so perfectly polite and everything. There's no- oh, no, I will no, never be rude. You don't rude even have an undertone in, in there like this other person does. Yeah, no, I'm not playing that same game. But I don't want to be subject to yeah. No, to I, negativity. I, I completely understand. Right, I've like, had I've had those clients too, like you just said. Yeah, and they're and just broken people, so there's right. compassion there that I have for them, right? And I can send them love, but in the long run, like I also can just choose to step away. Yeah, right. You know, when when I had them, it was there was a yes, I didn't have the self respect that I should have had, and I was you know to yeah. I would, I was at a place in my life where I would have, tra- I would trade self respect for money. Mm. Yeah, out of fear. Yeah, it's just a fear based thing. Yeah, right. And in this case, with me, like the self respect, you know, because the money is related to this. So I was thinking, oh, how much of it is this money? And I'm right. like, okay, maybe to begin with it was money, but now that it's not money, it comes down yeah. to like me harping on myself about not respecting myself, and it's like, well, I feel like there's responsibility within me to respect myself. Yeah. Do you uh, feel guilty about not respecting yourself? Yeah, there's just right? guilt. And that's, there's a layer on top of it. Yeah, there's right? a layer on top of guilt. Like, wait, I, this is the right thing to do. I feel like this is the right thing to do. And I'm not doing it. Why am I not doing it? Right. And it's like, I mean, with, with those clients that I had, it's like, if I had had boundaries and, you know, had the self-respect, it, it may have even gone better yeah, financially. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it will go however it needs to go, and I think this will will fizz itself out and take care of itself however it needs to fizz. Uh, but yeah, it, it, there's that struggle. Um, in the book, he also says that I I, I think he says this, uh, but remind me if he doesn't. That a lot of times the reason why we don't want to allow those emotions to flow, and thus ha- have them held in inside is because we we are afraid that we're going to drown in them like we it's going to overtake us and we are we're yeah, going to lose ourselves some, in it. something like that i mean they're they're painful i mean you know negative yeah. emotions are negative definitionally so yeah yeah you know humans just don't want to feel that i don't yeah. nobody wants to feel that but you know the the whole thesis of the book is well you can either feel it and be done with it. Feel it for five minutes, ten minutes, a few days, if it needs to be, and be done with it. Or you can feel it subconsciously inside forever and never be done with it. Yeah. And it, when you when you look at it, well, obviously letting go is the right way to, right way to approach this. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you know you've got a thorn in you or something, or you got to you know you can you can a splinter you can pick it out. And be done with it. And yeah, it hurts to get it out. But then you're done with it. Yeah. Or you can leave it in and it'll, you know, and it'll get infected and, and all that, all that stuff. Is is the the I guess it's one of those things where, you know, the the intensity of the discomfort will be will be higher if you have to deal with it and let it go. But the duration will be so much shorter that the area under that curve is so much smaller than it is to just let it go for the rest of your life. Or to to not let it go further and let it continue to be there for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. But he's he said 
you know, to begin with, whenever you read the book, there's kind of like almost a twofold process. So to begin with, as you get familiarized with the process, you will start letting go of deeper, inherent, uh, stuck emotions, like stuck anger, stuck fear, stuck grief, right? And you will, in general, as you sit there with them, and I have a meditation, maybe you can flash it here, that I recorded this maybe prior to actually starting to read this book. But I was guided into it that, that basically takes you through the release process of the three of those that I just mentioned. Um, and, and, and so as you start to let go of the inherent stuck emotions from, you know, let's say in our case, 40 years back, uh, that's kind of like process one, right? But two, as new things come up in everyday life, Right. Like as as we or as I just go and I had this happen yesterday. Right. Also apply that same letting go technique to anything new. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's kind of a dual fold process of of going back, taking time, maybe through meditation or through personal um, retrospect to to go back and start letting go of the old stuff. But also as you walk every day in the 3D today, also be in that open space. And I almost feel. The other book that I started reading that I'm, I don't think I will finish. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe don't show it. Yeah, maybe don't show it. But, but maybe this is helpful. They said that, like, maybe I should read it. I don't know. I'll still, I'm still thinking about it. Um, there's this idea of holding on to something in your hand and then letting go. And energetically, you can think about it as, like holding on to something, like feel that tightness of just holding on to an, ob an object, right? But in this case, it's an emotion. Imagine that you're holding on to this emotion uh, and then letting go. And imagine just how that body feels like whenever you let go. Uh, and I have been using that unbeknownst to self, even though I just read this in this book, that internal feeling in my body, right? If something comes my way in everyday 3D, that strikes me. I notice the tightness. I notice that that yeah. same closed fist feeling all through my body. And I go, oh, here's here's the thing I'm gonna hold on to unless I actively acknowledge it. Oh, nice. Um, and then go, okay, let's relax into it. And then I relax into it and then I cognitively go, Oh yeah, and this is what the Harish said. There there's a mantra, mantra I, I shouldn't use the word mantra, but I take it as a mantra, but it says I'm willing to feel everything I need to feel. I'm willing to know everything I need to know. And I'm willing to see everything I need to see. And through those three declarations of self, you open your body up to the stuck energy, this emotion that you would be suppressing otherwise to just let it come through. Without analyzation, without thoughts, without processing, without logicaling out, you simply go, I'm willing to feel whatever it is I need to feel. And... and I notice my body just kind of relax in that same way when you open a fist and you let something go, something just falls off. And and it's I hard I have a hard time in my logical mindset not to start to process what is it that is coming up, and then like where it sits and where it feels, and I and I almost have to actively like just go not just think about it, not think about it. But at the same time, if something does come up, because a lot of times they said something, you will go down this rabbit hole and this will come up and that will come yeah. up. And so there will be these flashes from your past that, that will be stirred. 
um, but allow those to happen and not necessarily try to logic them out or push them away, but simply go, oh, look, here's this, and but I'm willing to feel it. And here's that, and I'm willing to feel it. And then you're just willing to feel it. And you, yeah. and your mind will go down the rabbit hole, and that's perfectly normal, but it's still different than logicking it out. Yeah, You're just seeing where the mind is taking you and where this is hitting. When you, when you talked about, you know, being all, the difference between holding on to something and then relaxing, mm-hmm. we do several meditations where at the end, when, you know, you're about to, at the end of mo- um, meditations, yoga, at the end of most yoga, you know, the last thing you do is, is shavasana, where you just sort of lay there, corpse pose. Um, and several practitioners will say, okay, well, right before we, we do that, tighten up every muscle in your body and then uh, let it all go. Mm-hmm. And um, the difference when you do it in the practice, it's like, well, the difference between being super tense and tight and having everything clinched and then complete relaxation is such a, such a pronounced difference. Mm-hmm. But in everyday life, you know, I have to, I, I try to consciously go, wait a minute, what am I clinching up right now? Am I clinching up my jaw? My jaw is, yeah, my jaw. is one that I've, I've always done a lot. My tongue too. I, uh, I haven't, yeah. my tongue pushed somewhere. Um, uh, sometimes like my, my, uh, what are these hamstrings and, uh, and, uh, but, butt muscles, um, <laughs> will be, will be clenched up. And, uh, I try, I, I try to periodically go, wait, what am I clenching up now? Can I, can I relax it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, as, as the day goes on and you just get tenser and tenser and tenser. You don't notice. It's not like the difference between, you know, relaxed to tight, back to relaxed. It's just, it just builds and builds and builds on itself. And you don't even realize how tight you are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm laying in, I'm laying in bed at night and I'm like, okay, relax. And it's like, I can go deeper. I can go deeper. I can go deeper. And it's like, oh, there's just these different levels of, of relaxing the, the physical muscles in the body mm-hmm. that uh, you think you're relaxed, but no, you're still kind of like holding your neck. Or you're still kind of like, yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. yeah. When when you read the tantric sex book, do you remember, like, we started talking about it, you know, like, okay, well, step one is relax. Yeah. And then while we were having sex, we started to analyze everything that we did yeah. not have relaxed. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, clinching. And it's no, like, like, it's like most, all, yeah. most of the muscles in the body were somehow in some sort of form of tightening. Right. And it's like, it, it's difficult to not have parts of your body tight during sex yeah yeah it's really difficult it's really difficult especially if you're gonna move yeah yeah but that tightness i think that just represents right and 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 the same thing with the breath you know i'll i'll notice that i'm i'm either breathing shallow or i'm holding my breath yeah 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 sex sex kind of highlights it all yeah yeah, and and you know we're never taught how to have sex properly. I think no. so. Like to begin with, <gasps> you almost like you almost fall in into the idea. I don't know how this happens, but you fall into this idea of tension, right? Like, right. oh, how does something happen? How does an orgasm happen through tension? Right. Ran out again, completely off subject. But maybe we should just have an episode on sex. Right, but the idea behind sex has always been prior to reading, you are so sleepy and cranky. Okay, back. back. 
It's like it's so sleepy. It's like walking, sleepwalking, basically. But the uh, the idea has always been in the past with me to it's like like my idea of an orgasm was associated with okay after you spend so much time, you know, basically clinching your lower extremities for so long, and then the clinching and clinching and clinching sooner or later basically leads to unclenching, which is an orgasm, right? Which is like, that is a fucked up way to look at things. And I have no idea where that came from. Right. But through through maybe initial occupational processes of how an orgasm works, that is what I have derived. And so when we started talking about tantric sex, right? I was like, why this is completely opposite. Right. Like quite literally the opposite of what I have right. been doing. It, if it, it takes some mental effort to wait i'm clenching stop wait i'm clenching stop yeah yeah to begin wait, with i can't even i i i will fall over from that clenching i have to i have to exert some sort of muscles in order to not fall over yeah wait oh yeah i guess it depends on on the position on the position but yeah no with me you know the sex that we have now is more relaxed relaxed and so like the the orgasm that is coming or that is initiated from sex is um i'm not saying a hundred percent sometimes it's not but (laughs) (laughs) but for the most part is very relaxed and it's it's a different orgasm and i'm thinking to myself my gosh you know you know in, in my in my career 20 20 plus years of wrong type of orgasms right and and i and it's difficult to say wrong type of orgasms right but but it's almost like, wow, I wish, wish I read that book or knew yeah. about this earlier. Right. But I mean, that they're, they're, th- what you just did is the, uh, the, the human tendency to put some judgment on it. You know, wrong type of orgasm. I, I mean, you corrected yourself, but yeah. No, by, well, by wrong, I'm, it's like there's this knowledge you wish you had earlier. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, I, and I'm, that's what this is. I, I'm it's the just same like, way. I, I'm not saying it didn't work for me. Obviously, you know, you know, I have two kids, so that process still worked. Uh, but right, but like the the knowledge of it, I wish I read that book or re- yeah. learned about that concept. Yeah. Uh, I, when I was growing up, my grandma had a Kama Sutra book laying in her bedroom, uh, and I didn't necessarily like it was just there, there, and it was you know the the, the the drawings were like the the character Indian type of you know like drawings of sex positions and that and I don't remember actually going through them or anything like that but the uh, the idea I guess behind tantric sex is the the I think that like the joy of experience more so than the chase of an orgasm I think that's yeah, if you look at a- the whole thing. I mean, you, there's there's the letting go of any sort of expectation for what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. being being okay with whatever, and and the I I guess the it becomes it becomes a shared experience instead of a chase after a goal. Yeah, right. Which is which is right. the letting go process is right. This part of it. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to completely change topic. So no i no the, the sex was never the topic okay. somehow i just went into that above and beyond letting go of these negative emotions one of the emotions is emotions or feelings or whatever is desire which is 
rooted in these attachments to things or people or outcomes, which is another thing that, you know, can be let go of. And that's can be difficult to let go of, of uh, you know, in a desire for things or people or, or outcomes. Well, to be, I think to begin with, whenever you're, before you start awareness, you don't understand the difference between desire and, you know, and, and just being. Yeah. Um, or chasing. Yeah. I mean, in as much as that all these desires are attachments. Yeah. Uh, Buddhist style attachments, not yeah psychological style attachments. Um, but yeah, those those can really you know hold you back, but keep you keep you st- stuck somewhere. In yeah. the same way that the negative, you know, the anger, or or the guilt or whatever can keep you stuck somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think with him on the, his scale, they're all below the two hundred vibratory frequency, and so yeah. his his thought process is basically allowing things to flow, acknowledging what is it that you have flowing within you. And you know the the obvious objection there is well, if I if I let go of my desire, I'm not going to get what I want. Yeah. And and the the response is no. By by letting go of the desire, you allow yourself to receive what you what you truly want mm-hmm. which may or may not be the thing that you think you want i want a million dollars i got to get it got to get it got to get it yeah but that tension is it by by letting go of that craving for the for the sack of cash you know you uh you can open yourself up to receive from the universe, mm-hmm. it might be a million dollars. It might be ten million. It might be whatever that money was. You know, it, is it really about the money, or is it about what the money can do? Is it about the money being able to to buy time or or shelter or food or you know, whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the money about being able to buy a fancy car so you can show off to the neighbors? So is it, it you know, follow that down? Then it's really about you know pride in that. In that example, you don't you don't want the money. The money is a tool in order to, you know, get 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 pride. You know, build build. You know, your own self esteem. Sure, right. And and self esteem through through that sort of external show offiness is the is a, an artificial mm-hmm. self esteem. Yeah, but money is never actually about money. I can think of what it comes down to is actually never about money. It's, yeah, right. Right. Because my. Right. If if you're fear if you're in fear of like rudimentary survival of like just having food, it's not about money. What if just food came to your door? Right. That's nothing to do with money. Right. You know what what if what if you know shelter is taking care shelter, of shelter is taking care of, that's not about money, right? So money is just like this outside concept that we marry things into. Right. Um, maybe we should just have an episode on money. Like how fal- how falsely attri- we attribute everything to it. Mm-hmm. Right, and in, in my case, like you know, money is tied to safety. Yeah, I recognize that too. That there's this idea that it's somehow got to keep me safe. No, I mean I can relate to that. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I think feeling it, allowing yourself to to feel it, is is first acknowledging that you are feeling it, and then to allowing yourself to feeling, meaning like not suppress it. Because right, like all I remember, like oh, the second something gets the second something pops into my head or I get triggered and it's just, I feel like it's too much and I'm going to drown it. Like I can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, then I'll go, okay, okay, no, 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 make it go away, make it go away. Not like even consciously, but like subconscious and you just suppress it. And so the book is basically like, no, just allow it to be you. Like admit that this is what I am feeling yeah. right now. It don't, don't judge yourself over it. Yeah, don't judge it. Yeah. It's There's super no, easy there should for be me no to, guilt. It's like, super easy for me to 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 fall into some sort of Anger spiral, or you know, whatever spiral. Self anger. Yeah, sure. Hey, self or or external. Yeah. And then you know, and then the, there's a guilt spiral going along with it. Like, yeah, like yeah. oh, I feel bad that I feel this way. Yeah. No, it's you're a human. People get angry. People get jealous. People get you know frustrated. People get whatever. Yeah. People then feel guilty about that. That is that is part of being a human. Yeah. As long as we can continue to live in this world and participate in 3D. You know, unless we are out there in the cave glowing. Well, yeah, in a cave or like glowing like a Buddha to the point where, you know, that that field is impenetrable by by the outside world. We will just have continue to experience this influx of these emotions. And we will uh, the way I see it is, I don't know if he says it or not. We will we will always kind of be on this wavelength of up and down, up and yeah, down. Yeah. But when you head down. Basically, the, the only thing you need to do is become aware of, look, I am vibrating these. Yeah. These emotions, I'll, I'll let me allow them to flow. So then I could come yeah. back up. I mean, make, basically, that's what I try to do is make it a daily practice of notice when these things come up and mm-hmm. either let go of them then if I can or kind of keep a tally and then, you know, at night or in the morning. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, sometimes like in his book, he says like, oh, sometimes you can just sit with something for 45 seconds and it will go away. Yeah, I've had a lot that are that are super easy to... Yeah, but I had a lot that like, it stick. was like two or three minutes and I can still feel like, okay, yeah, I know it's not completely gone. But in that moment, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to move on from this, realizing that it will still be re-triggered. Yeah. But so, so I almost feel like there's multi, multi sessions of her approach. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see how this is a tendency that I have and this is a trigger that I have. I'm going to let go of this particular instance of it and do my best trying to dig mm. as much as I can. Just By dig, yeah. I mean like allow it to yeah, come yeah, up yeah. deeper and deeper, but still feel like there's just some residue that it is okay if it doesn't come out right now. Yeah. There's no, there's no right or wrong. You can, you know, you can choose to do it. You can choose to not do it and not feel guilty either way. Yeah. Yeah. To begin with, when I was starting reading the book and I still, I still have that tendency at the end because I was thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm just, some of them are really hard time letting go. Um, and in his, he mentioned, he mentions this in the book, but then in his autobiography, he touches on it more. Like he, when he talks about himself, he goes into a weird is that thir- at the end, third autobiography? person. Autobiography is at the end. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh, spilled my cacao. Um, so when he talks about himself, it wasn't clear that he was talking about himself because the way he wrote it was almost like a third third person outlook. But in the autobiography, he talks about letting go. In the book, he mentions letting go of something for a full week or like 11 days. Do you remember that? He was oh, like, yeah. There was some, some I don't know what it was, some personal issue. Personal issues. And, and in, in the autobiography, he talks about it was grief. I think it was like somebody died. Okay. 
and he was having a hard time coping with it. And he said it was 11 days. Yeah, 11 days, around the clock. Of just sitting there or, or functioning, trying to let go. Um, and, and in the autobiography, it also mentions his near-death experience when he was a child. Okay. No, I haven't read this. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, this all makes sense. Right? Um, and then the second near-death experience when he huh. was an adult. And then... And then basically, he just reached that seven hundred to a thousand dollar or a thousand dollar, a thousand range state. Money on the mind. Money yeah. on the mind. Yeah, sacks like, like of money. Um, and then and then he was just basically in that state of, of Buddha like perfection. Yeah. Which when I was reading it, I just had tears rolling out down my eyes. So, I don't know why I thought it would have been interesting to know that about him before I started reading the book. Um, I don't know how it would have changed my opinion of him. Um, but, uh, but the, the person that recommended this book, the show, the quantum effects show that we watched, if that is what it's called, uh, said that, you know, he just, he, he said that this David Hawkins like embodied all of these ancient teachings and like studied all of them and, and then basically summed up the process of, personal enlightenment in this one book which was you know this this letting go technique and i was thinking to myself that's an interesting way to observe it and maybe that is true but after i read the autobiography it like became clear to me yeah he absorbed absorbed it in essence not in teaching not not in spiritual seeking yeah. But in essence of I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, that carries a lot more weight. Yeah, yeah. Than somebody reading a bajillion books. And then regurgitating and it back. And regurgitating it back right. based on his personal interpretation of that. So. You're right. It's it's learning directly from Jesus versus learning from the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Which you know, is, you know. Even worse than that. Learning directly from Jesus versus, you know, you know, reading reading, you know. The Wikipedia entry on the Bible. <laughs> yeah, Wikipedia entry. Sure. Yeah, right. Because the Bible still might have some truth left in it, right, vibratory-wise. But but there's, you know, there's this essence of, now that I have, obviously, now that I have problems reading books, because I'm literally talking about the book. Right. But when the book comes from someone's soul, and that someone's soul is right. not a three-dimensional interpretation. It, it harmonizes with you. In, in a level. way that is different from a purely uh, um, mental, yeah, coming from um, um, uh, scholastic, uh, uh, the scholastic or sure, yeah, I know what you mean. Scholarly, like yeah, it's not a scholarly interpretation. It, yeah, of it's not being. It is a spiritual it's, it, yeah, interpretation. It's trying to show you something instead of trying to teach you something. Yeah, maybe. trying to make you feel something. Yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to brushstroke discussing the yeah. concepts. And so, yeah, the book has that essence in it, right? And and he like he makes some big claims. He's like, "This would change your life." Yeah. And to begin with, you really you're like, "Well, how much can it possibly change my life?" But it does. I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, like I, I think he lives up to his uh, to his promise. Yeah. But I think it's just like my book. I think it's written from that space of truth. Yeah. Right. Like this letting go, it's just. Get letting us go back to our truth. It's it's not doing anything. Like there's no 
there's no goal here other than they just go right. No, that's the thing is that you know it's it, it, at various points he talks about you know all these all those higher emotional states are inside of you. They're inside of everybody. They're mm-hmm. just being being restricted and held down and held back by the negatives. Mm-hmm. And so the the trick, if you want to call it that, to enlightenment, if you want to call it that, is to stop is to stop yourself from stopping yourself. Yeah. Is to because you are you are holding everyone is holding themselves back. Mm-hmm. That tightness. That tightness mm-hmm. with negative emotion. You're holding yourself back in 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 life, in in your career, in your relationship, in love, with your with your children, with with your your health. All of these things are being s- suppressed mm-hmm. by these negative thoughts, negative emotions. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, it's not revolutionary. Like letting go right. is literally just that. Right. It's just we have. And on one hand, what could be easier? On the other hand, yeah, but that cup popped. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. And he said this, and other people say this, we have just trained ourselves not to feel for 40, like in our case, for yeah, 40 years, yeah, right? Let's say right. 35, whatever. But, you know, from, if something, if we got hurt as children or like, and we couldn't process something, right. which is what my book says, you know, when you, when you experience something and you don't have cognitive capacity to process, or you don't have mental capacity to even understand what's happening, you just simply deposit it to the side for yeah. later. Yeah, which is what my book says, right? And so he basically kind of just just says that that he doesn't touch that, but that is what oh, no, it he, is. I mean, I think that's that's you know between this uh, suppression and repression, I think that's exactly what it yeah. is. But what I'm saying, what, I mean, he he does talk about that that we suppress that as children. Um, I don't know if he specifically says as children, but you know, yeah. throughout our throughout our, throughout our whole life, a whole life that is yeah. that is the default state of humans, especially Western humans today, is something bad happens. Conceal, don't feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think it's the reason I'm don't saying the, the children part is because to begin with, we do not have the emotional range to be able to understand a process. Yeah. When, when we're one or two or three, we don't have that range. Right. And so it's almost like instinctively we go, oh, I have no idea what the fuck this is. Right. Let me just put it to the I, side. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Let me put I it to the side. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. That's not nice. Yeah. And so we, we inherently are being raised by our own selves as such as like, let's not feel and process and, and then thus let go. Let's just put it to the side because to begin with, we don't have the capacity to do so. Right. But then when we have the capacity to do so, we have been, you know, so used to this way of being that we don't go, wait, should I rethink of how I deal with emotions? Yeah. Well, I mean, why would you, what would ever cause somebody to rethink that? Yeah. That's, that's no. the default state. Everybody lives that way. Everybody's yeah. lived that way their entire life. Why would you, yeah, yeah. why would you, you know, what, what would cause someone to go, you know, all these uncomfortable things that I'm feeling, I want to dive into that. That's not an obvious thing to do. No, no. And so until you, you realize that that is something that sh- should be done and then but thus realize what is it that you're actually doing day to day. This book is perfect at that. Yeah. So I hope we did due diligence to it. Five stars. Five stars to the book. I'm not sure. Five stars to our due diligence, <laughs> but at least three and a half. Please give us five stars. <laughs> yeah. So highly recommend. Yeah. So 
for listening. Thanks.